Okay. Uh, hello, everyone. I'm Erin Weil. I'm a co-founder of Film Roundtable, and we have a really special recording today. Um, before we get started and before I introduce our guests, uh, since we started Film Roundtable, which was in June of 2020, right at the beginning of COVID, um, you know, we, we spent some time um, making acknowledgements. So uh, before we get started, I, we would like to do a moment of silence and acknowledge uh, the 6.54 uh, worldwide COVID deaths that have happened since March of 2020. And in the US alone, it's 1 million uh, five. So it's a lot of people. Um, and it's good to to acknowledge what this time has, um, you know, done throughout the world, um, done to us. And then we also want to take a moment and honor all of our Black and Brown brothers and sisters, and our First Nations brothers and sisters, and our Asian brothers and sisters, who have been um, senselessly murdered by police brutality, injured also from random acts of violence. Um, uh, so we just take a moment for that. Thank you. And then I also, like to just acknowledge the land that I'm on right now. I, um, I am on um, unceded Canarsie and Lenape land in what is known as Brooklyn. Um, I know probably some people find that a strange thing to do, but I really believe that um, the only way we move forward in healing is acknowledge, acknowledging our past. And, um, and I think it's important to um, to keep that in mind for all, for all things, if we're going to be a better, better humans and a better world. So let's take a moment for that as well. Um, and then, yeah, here we are. So I'd like to introduce our guests today. Um, we have, uh, Sean Peters, filmmaker and cinematographer, uh, Bradford Young, who visual artist and cinematographer, and then, uh, Maori, Carmel Holmes, who is the founder of Black Star Projects. So welcome today. Thank you so much for making it. This has been a, a work in progress getting together. So it's really nice that they're taking the time to spend with us this afternoon or this morning. Um, yeah, so um, Maori is going to uh, moderate for us today and, and lead the talk, um, but to get us started, I thought it would be nice to hear from each of them about what is bringing them joy in this moment in time, um, because such a hard, so many hard things happening in the world, and um, it's really important for us to stay in our joy um, as best we can. So, yeah, if maybe uh, I don't know, Sean, do you want to you want to kick that off? Um, yeah, <clears throat> I mean, first I'd like to acknowledge the the transition of two greats. Um, Farrow Sanders and uh, our sister, matriarch Valerie Maynard, both transitioned um, this week, this past week. Um, and what's bringing me joy <clears throat> more recently, well, always, but kind of in a compacted way recently is just surrounding myself with friendship 
and the love of my friends and community um, as a practice, um, as a habit, um, to just be consistently present and spend time with those who I love. And recently had an opportunity to do that with, with Bradford and Akeem McKenzie um, and a new friend, uh, Kenny Taylor. So throughout Europe and, and the Americas, and, and it was one of the joys of my rec recent joys of my life. So I mean, that was that. Thank you, Brad. Um, yeah, I want to first just um, acknowledge, you know, the life of uh, Mama Valerie Maynard, and of course, um, a person who like has been like the soundtrack of the last twenty-something years of my life, and somebody who. Um, is constantly in rotation at my house. Um, and unfortunately, a brother I never got a chance to see perform, which makes me sad, but um, Brother Pharaoh Saunders. Um, um, so right now, just thinking about him and all of the um, amazing music, specifically, the creator has a master plan and uh, you gotta have peace and love are two songs that really bring me a lot of joy. Um, also, uh, being with friends and family. Um, just a blessing to be with Sean and Akeen and Kenny and James. Over the last few months, I actually spent the whole summer traveling around and just building and making stuff together. Um, it's really been a source of energy and joy for me. And then being able to come home to uh, Baltimore and be with friends, um, too many to name. Me already being one of them who was uh, Part of the Philly, the Philly annex, <laughs> and uh, being able to come home and see my over the last three months, see how much my um, my children have grown. That's just like string beans, you know. Just a lot of watching them come into their own as human beings, um, and also you know watching my partner, my wife Steph, really finding her her space to do her thing, you know, it was, uh, yeah, it's, it's good, it's good. So, um, yeah, joy, joy is, joy is like, you know, it's got levels. So some of the tension too, bring It makes the joy better. So it's not always like um, smiles and, and fun, but it's, but you know, some of that work to try to make things better for friends and family is the, uh, the necessary tension you need to enjoy the what's the fruit at the end, which is where you get all the joy. That's it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, Mayori. Um, I'm, I'm gonna keep my answer very brief, but I've been, uh, I just finished Mo on Netflix, which I, a television show by Mo Amer and I just, I don't know, that show brought me a lot of joy for many, many reasons, uh, just artistically, politically, it's really funny. Um, and it is, I think, an example of what I think we're all trying to put out in the world, the layers of all of those things. And I'm excited to be living in a time when that's possible. Um, so um, thank you so much, Aaron, for inviting me to participate in this. Um, when I was prepping this morning, I realized I interviewed both of you 
almost a decade ago, separately and in public. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Um, I wanted to think about some new things to ask, but also because neither of those was in podcast form, there may be some questions I've asked you before, um, but obviously your lives are very different now, um, as all of ours are. Um, wanted to ask you a first question of, um, when did you two meet? And uh, yeah, whoever wants to take that one. Actually, I'll, I'll put it on Sean, yeah. <laughs> I remember it very well. I mean, Brad, my, my, Brad was, I mean, I think he remembers it, but I would, we talk, we, at least we've talked about it. But I remember it was, it was a, a dinner with um, some filmmakers, uh, Earl Sebastian. Um, I can't remember who all was there. I know Matthew Morgan was there. Um, I don't remember who all was there, you know, but I remember it was around an Afropunk film that they were making. And the guy, they, they introduced Brad as this young cinematographer who had shot the film. And at that time, he had the crazy, you know, Bobo Shanti locks <laughs> all over his head. <laughs> and just, I don't know how long after, after Howard that was, but I just remember, you know, immediately connecting to Black college experience, this young brother with this great energy and this, and this beautiful look. And just, you know, the fact that these brothers entrusted their film uh, to this young brother. And at that time, I was still in the place where I, you know, was sort of hiding behind the music business. Um, and wasn't, you know, it was like, wow, that's, that's great. If I had the courage, I would be like, I would pursue that too, you know? But I, so I was really inspired when I, when I saw him. And I was like, oh man, it's great. You know, and it was brief, but I remember that, you know, very clearly. That was the first time. James was there too, James Spooner. James Spooner. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember, uh, Sean remember, we talk about this too, but I, I was, um, Spike was, Spike was making a series for HBO called The Brick. And uh, that's funny enough, because John Boyega was in that thing. Oh, now, really? Yeah, he was in it. Yeah, he was in it. He was young, man, you know? Yeah. Wow. And, um, I was helping Malik like look for lights. And I was standing on the corner. I don't remember Brooklyn streets, but Saragina was like, I don't know what that cross street is, but uh, we were standing there. They were packing up for the day or doing something. I can't remember. And I just remember I heard my name or I looked across the street and I saw Sean. And I, and I, I, I didn't remember that first meeting, but I just remember seeing them and just feeling like, like, oh, that's the cat. I remember that brother for some reason. I remember him. I just like ran up on, we ran up on each other. It was like, we known each other forever. <laughs> it was like one of those moments, like supernatural. It wasn't like a reintroduction. We didn't have to reintroduce ourselves. It was it just like fell a moment that like fell right into place. And the thing I remember about that moment that was so beautiful was um, Sean had, a, he had his camera on him. He had his camera on him. And he was like, what's going on? And then for some reason we had like a little brief thing talking about cinematography. Neither one of us was working. We were actually working. We were actually there with Malik, you know what I mean? Which is the whole, a whole other part of the story. And then um, he's like, what y'all doing? I was like, oh, I'm, um, I'm here helping Malik. And I remember Sean's face, that bright, Sean Peter's bright smile and just his infectious energy. He was like, what? 
Malik Saeed? <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, there he is right there. And yo, he was like, I'll be right back. And, and he left. And then he came back with an American cinematographer that had clockers um, from clockers. He said, he said, yo, this is, this is on my coffee table <laughs> right now. And um, a little side note too, that's like the first, I remember when I first got to Howard, it was like one of the, it was a magazine that was in the Howard University Film Organization office. And I didn't even know who Malik was. So it was like a dope moment for me early on to know that a brother that was shooting for Spike went to Howard. So it was like, both of us had a connection to that magazine. And then we both ran up and ran like, I don't care how long I know Malik. It don't matter if I see him today or 10 years ago. Every time I see him, I'm just humbled. I just don't feel like, you know what I mean? It's like that brother, his energy, his, he earns a certain level of respect when you're with him. So we both went over that. I just felt like we both walked over there with the same kind of um, reverence, you know what I mean? Like for this brother. So we like walking up on Malik when he's working is always like, you know what I mean? It's like some, there's like, boundaries you know what I mean so we were like respecting the boundaries as we walked over there and then Malik turned around and he and Sean had this incredible interaction where like Sean was sharing with him a story which is like the first time I even heard it from Sean and then music industry and all of that and being a, you know he's, at that point he was shooting you know starting to shoot so um but was imagining himself you know shooting more and then Sean said can you sign it for me and then I remember Malik's face changing. <laughs> he was like, Malik was like, you want me to sign your magazine? It was that kind of look, which was amazing. And so anyway, it was just like a really beautiful moment. So from that point on, you know, Sean, been, you know, just been one of my very close friends on every level. Not, you know, some about cinematography, and, but most of it not about even about cinematography, just a brother I love so much, you know, that's my, he's like, he and Rashid are my, my, um, my husbands, basically. Gemini, Gemini. Both Gemini's. Both Gemini. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you have four, four best friends. Four, four best friends. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. I love that too because you know if you think about Islam, you have the two angels, one on the left and the right. Yeah, that's that's Sean and Rashid. Sean is your like, let's get wild. <laughs> <laughs> Rashid is like, lower Rashid. your gaze. Yeah. Be about your business right now. Sean <laughs> is like, enjoy your whole life. That's Sean's that's, that's quote. It's some, enjoy your whole life. I love that. Um, and, and you know, and you're crazy. I just like, so, and you know, since then, Sean mannerisms, like they have infected my life. So much so that now, 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 is, now Steph, whenever I'm talking, she just looks at me, shakes my head, her head like, boy, you and Sean, that boy has gotten in your system. <laughs> um, Sean, you've talked a lot about how much you've learned from Brad. And um, I know that you both, in addition to Malik, also learned a lot from Arthur Jaffa. And I was curious if there are other mentors or folks who inspired you um, or continue to inspire you that you want to name. Is that question? As filmmakers, I'll, I'll, I'll sort of narrow it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I think I'm inspired by so much, you know, mainly 
in mainly just the black community, you know, more than anything. I mean, Bradford talks about that a lot, but yeah, I was deeply inspired by, by AJ first. I think even before I got to Malik, um, I saw Daughters of the Dust in the theater, I think when I was in college. And um, I, I didn't even want to be, at that time I had no interest in filmmaking, not in no interest. You know, I thought I saw it as valuable, mm -hmm. but I was an English major, you know, but I, I just watched that text and I was just, just under, just as literature almost in, in text in a way from what Julie was doing. Cause my grandmother's from Charleston and comes from, and I saw I knew I had a history with Gullah and the Gullah tradition and the Sea Islands. So just watching that on a screen, which I've never seen before, and then watching, um, so Julie's text and then watching Arthur Jaffa's um, use of light and color and, 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 and framing, I understood it as a language at that point, as something that was like, this is important, these skills, whatever these, these skills that they're exhibiting are really important. And then I think it was when I saw Clockers for the first time and then read, read the article that, that, that Brad was talking about and you know the, the, the boldness of it, the fact that he cross-processed the film and shot on, 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 uh, on positive stock you know, and cross-processed it. And, and that's like a permanent thing. You can't really undo that. You know, so the boldness of this young man, I think at the time was in his, you know, mid twenties. You know, I was like, wow, you know, and then obviously seeing, you know, belly and other things that came after that. He was just so innovative. You know, and then when I got to Brad Bradford, I was just blown away by again the sort of um, bravery in terms of voice. And also not just the bravery in terms of voice, but also the willingness to go down a path you know, unveered and, and sort of um, exercise and, and extract, um, to try to extract something that he was going for and looking for. And so at that time, seeing that was really important to me because I was like, you know, what am I, what, how does that pertain to me? And I still don't know exactly, but um, we're really just trying to figure out who I am in the process. Those three really, really impacted me to find out, okay, where, where do I sit in terms of who I am, my memories, and what am I extracting when I'm when I'm making an image, you know? So it was, that's how it works. Yeah, I mean, I think you want me to ask you want me to answer that question too, Mir? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I think that. How do you inspire yourself? No, I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what? <laughs> Um, I think there's just like a kinship, you know what I mean? Like, I think there's a kinship amongst all those, those like names, you know, whether it be AJ, Ernest, Malik, Sean, and I, you know, there's like a lineage, um, known and unknown and shared and unshared, you know, conscious, unconscious lineage that we're all connected to, you know, um, you know what I'm saying? And so I think that you know, the, and the list goes on and on, you know, like, you know, I think, you know, now um, more than ever, which is amazing is, you know, somebody like Ray Day Carava, you know what I mean? Johnny Simmons and, and uh, Sean literally have the same story about how they met Roy, you know, um, and how, you know, clearly um, Khalil 
is now has a very sp special relationship with the family. Khalil having a very specific relationship with Malik and AJ, and of course Sean and I. You know what I mean? So it's like a lineage um, and a and a a way of understanding and appreciating um, community that is by no means um, you know sort of monolithic for the six or seven, 10 of us, but, you know, there's a love and a specific, specific kind of love um, that I think starts with our families, starts with, you know, many, you know, all the things that are sort of obvious when you think about your relationship to the world and the community that you grew up in, um, you know, Black folk have a really sort of duplicitous, amazingly textured layer relationship with time, space, and specifically family. But, you know, I think when you're on that journey, you know, so I'm, I'm just throwing out names, but like, you know, you know, somebody like Leslie Hewitt, that's something we always laugh about, you know, is it's like our relationship to family. And so in our relationship to all types of stuff like respectability, politics, all the things. Um, so I think, you know, for me, it's like, there's a way of seeing, let's say specifically for cinematographers, image makers, just like, that's not all we are. You know, all of us are more than just cinematographers, but the way we see light and shadow, I think is, filtered through all through this experience that has um, a very specific tenor to it. And, um, you know, and I think there's like a, um, yeah, there's a respect for a journey or a desire to be on a specific kind of journey that we all, um, we all share. And I think, you know, I would even go as far as, um, you know, I think now is a beautiful time because there are a lot of amazing young um, image makers of color, but specifically black image makers that um, that are doing good work and are inspiring us. But, you know, it's, I think when you get, again, just to respect the granularity of blackness, <laughs> you know what I mean? When you get down to it, it's like there are specific journeys and certain casts are gonna make connections on the specificity of a journey versus connections with others, you know? So I think we owe ourselves that sort of regard for specificity that um, we oftentimes are sort of guarded about bringing up. But I think it, it does, I think, you know, for what it's worth, HBCUs do sort of define our relationship to one another. It has that, that's what they were designed to do. You know what I mean? That's not, that's not an accident, so you know, all those connections really come at, come to play or come to um, fruition when you think about the work and why the work is there and why we connect as human beings. I think there's so many things that are very specific for like the six, 10, eight, whatever, how many of us. Um, and the older, I, the older I get and the more I, I'm around somebody like Sean, the more I, I really um, are thirsty to really understand that more and also really announce it, you know what I mean? Not necessarily to the world, but to myself, like be very conscious of it and, um, and honor that, you know? Thank you. Um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about, and I wanna be conscious of time, but um, I guess if a combination of sort of where you grew up and attending, you know, for you, Brad Howard, where we went together and Sean Morehouse, between where you grew up and undergrad, how did that shape your like aesthetic sensibilities? I know it's a very, very broad question, answer in 30 seconds. 
Well, I, I say, I say, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna be real brief. I just say that nobody knows that you know Sean and I are the progeny of morticians. You know what I mean? We both grew up in that tradition. You know what I mean? We also grew up in the tradition of um, black preachers. You know what I mean? And preachers that build churches. So that's a shared experience that Sean and I never really like. It's not out there like that. And, you know, of course, those are things that you like. Oh, we're gonna make a shot for the funeral home. You don't do nothing like that, but like. You know, that's a shared experience for us, you know? So I, that for me, you know, is really can't be overlooked. Can you say a little bit more about that, Brad? Like, um, affect your relationship to darkness or? Yeah, well, I think, I think more, I think, well, less about darkness. I think it's more about the way we organize or the way we think about light. I mean, I, I had a chance to experience it with Sean over the last three months. So like both of us together making stuff, images or whatever, you know, and the capacity that we were doing it, I saw that, you know, um, I don't know what it is, but I think there's something about scale and light and direction and yeah, the things that resonate with us in our spirit that are very specific and, you know, connected between the two of us. Like, looking one way, we see something, and, you know, he and I will instantly turn and look the other direction and see what we like together. You know what I mean? They're, we're clear on that. You know what I mean? I think that there's some something, I don't know, about the likeness or the how you lift moments, especially when you transition, you put your transition in a relative or loved one, or you watch people in, uh, respecting the transition of a loved one. I think there's like a ritual where you sit, you stand still for a little bit and respect the quietness and then make a decision. You know, I think maybe that's part of it. I think um, I just want to make mention that as a as an artist, Brad Bradford is, you know, what I've come to know by knowing him uh, deeper is one, you know, voracious reader and collector of information. I don't think, I mean, you know, Brad will watch a silly video and we'll laugh, but he be, he be in them books, <laughs> you know what I'm whether it be audio books or whatever it is, but he be in them articles <clears throat> and he be in them books, you know, very curious person. Also like not really interested in a lot of like light uh, BS so much as he's interested in like the human story. And, and, um, and so that when you, you know, that just makes an artist so much more, I don't, I don't know if I have the words, but all the artists that I really respect as, as thinkers are, are just that, they're thinkers, they're curious, they, they, they wanna learn, they go down these rabbit holes of information and then they'll be obsessed about a certain subject and then they'll reemerge with a whole idea that is subconscious that was informed. Like right now, Brad's heavy into Dilla time, you know, it's like that Dilla thing. And I can see, you know, I started reading it, you know, because I can see how that's gonna affect the work. You know, whatever Dilla's process is, whatever that, all those kind of confluences of things or whatever, whatever it is one happens to be reading at the time. And so it's very interesting to watch someone who is very serious about the craft of, of creating culture um, prepare themselves with, with, with um, the tools and the information. So that's what I've learned that beyond cinematography, whatever is, you know, my brother's a, a crazy, amazing thinker, you know, which is as a, as a, as a friend, for me, I try to surround myself with people like that because <laughs> I'm bored very easily, I, I hate to admit. But I, I like to be around people who are always challenging me with some new thing that they've discovered. And I think that 
that that I don't know. Uh, that's that's really amazing to me. I'm not sure if that was clear, but I don't even know why I said that. But <laughs> nothing to do with upbringing. It's okay. That's okay. It was useful information. Um, I think I was curious about like your actual aesthetic sensibility. Like I, I think about I've I've heard at least Bradford talk about. Um, I think you said like your grandparents' living room and you know, how dark it was and seeing the light seep in. And I think about um, uh, when they see us and how you like replicate that space. Um, and so that's what I was asking, like sort of, you know, mm -hmm. growing up in New Rochelle or growing up in Louisville and Chicago, like what were the environments and how did they shape how you see? But that's also like a real basic question. So I think what you all answered is fine. Um, I do want to ask you- I can you, add to that. I can okay. add to that and say that. My mom, my mom loved like color and wallpaper. You know, sometimes to the point I'm like, wow, you put that loud ass <laughs> deep green with the violet. Like she would have like a deep. I remember the last wallpaper I remember her putting up in her room. One of our rooms was like this dark, dark, dark green with these pinkish flowers. And I was like, oh, it was so loud to me. But she just loved it. You know, she was a Libra. And just very much into like color and fashion and aesthetic in that way, in her own way, not study, you know, just in her own little taste way, you know. So they are definitely, I'm definitely drawn to color in a way, you know, a color palette in a way, mm -hmm. even in my own personal aesthetic, the things we like to wear. Also, 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 I also think that, um, you know, with folks that don't know that like Sean is in his fifth career. And <laughs> third <laughs> and like there's something to be said about somebody that can like touch and they're all they're all connected though you know what I mean they're all connected I mean the two that really always stick to me that I'm always sort of um which is one of the reasons why I really respect Sean more than most is um you know the connection between his knowledge of the sonics of black people musically on every level you know what I mean not just you know, yeah, on every level, you know, he's, he has that high level understanding of dates, times, places, and also just a love and a real um, generous, non-judgmental um, ear, you know, he's really a connoisseur and really sees uh, Black music as the, uh, really the final frontier and the first frontier of our expression with regards to you know, many things, many things for us, you know, and um, he's also like just a, a humanist too, you know what I mean? His brother respects all forms of uh, sonic expression. And um, so I think when you see, I just recently had a chance to see the, um, some rough cuts of the second season of Random Acts, probably blowing up Terrence here, but who cares? Fuck HBO. Uh, <laughs> Edit that. <laughs> Edit that. <laughs> um, but nah, just seeing like how musical, you know, and um, how sensitive and really the like 5.0 version of this whole journey for many of us who are um, intrigued by making images. I think the foundational thing is, um, and I think it comes across um, from all the folks that we've named before, but specifically, um, which I don't, you know, which specifically with Sean is that, you know, he's a cat that was in the music industry and was really nurturing and walking 
folks do and and he never explicitly like gets into like the deep deep stories about his relationship with one artist versus the other but what i know just in terms of like for instance his relationship with me is that it's always nurturing it's always coming from an elderly brotherly um point of view and so i know that his love and his bright smile his bright spirit is um is really inspiring and and um, instills a lot of optimism in folks, but also like he has a look he gives you that also makes you realize that you have to, you can do better. And so I think he carries some of that relational thing that I'm imagining was happening for him in the music industry, I think carries over into the way he um, conducts use of light and shadow. Um, and I saw, I think, and the fact that he's not, you know, here's a cat that, um, is um, really focused on um, making people or giving folks an opportunity to feel included and situate themselves in something, a, a lesser level of understanding that's warm and welcoming, you know? Um, I see that in some of the most complex things, like let's say for Random Acts is very complex. The telling of story is very layered and complex, but I think the thing that's so anchoring and grounding, which makes, Terrence shine even more, which is also, again, Sean's superpower is that Sean lays a foundation that's so strong and sturdy and full of love and really is concerned about bringing people happiness that even these high ideas and these layers um, are able to shine more, you know what I mean? And it brings a certain relatability to these ideas that another kind of cinematographer, cinematography would only undermine. Um, so I just see this, person that like real literally number one whatever what it feels like whatever he puts his hand on is it's gold which is a a talent and a gemini thing probably within itself but there's also a level of ma maturity and wisdom wisdom too you know that sean brings to every experience his relationship with humans just on a friendship level the way he um works with crew and works with the people who, are, who he knows are helping him create this canvas of things. Um, and just his tech, you know, his level of um, respect and appreciation for, um, you know, art is uh, pretty, yeah, it's like, I, I, don't, I don't really know anybody like Sean, you know? Um, it's like, I was part of the reason why I feel so safe did my friendship and my, like, my friendship with him, you know? Cause he just makes you feel so in it with whoever you're doing, you don't, you know, you don't have to be self-aware or self-conscious when you're with him. You can be very free, you know? Um, and, you know, just, in, let's just say in the last three months being together, he's like, even freed up my tongue. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm going to say what I want to say. Not, not in a destructive way, but like really like being my true self, you know what I mean? Like saying, and, um, you know, so I think that if you take that, put it into the image, it's like, it's really all there, you know? I want to shout out Pierce Robinson since you mentioned yeah. Random Acts because he was, Pierce was the second DP on Random Acts and did a, a wonderful job. Um, obviously, yeah, I think he has one or two episodes, maybe two episodes, but also did a lot of the pickup shots um, and just, you know, amazing, talented young cinematographer with another amazingly beautiful, quiet spirit. So I just want to make sure that I acknowledge that some of the things that we're seeing with me and some of those things that we're seeing with Pierce as well. And shout out to Amani Dennison, Mark Jeeva Rotnam, 
Pierce, Kirby, Jomo, Jomo, yeah, them. all of them. You know, are great. <laughs> Sean and I, we done. We were we about to retire, so <laughs> you know what I mean. We about yeah, we about to step out. So Isaiah, Dante, Isaiah, Dante Lee, yeah, just so many. Ready to pass the torch. <laughs> or whatever just be like yeah. do y'all yeah let's get out we out the what did kendrick say i'm out the way <laughs> i end a anderson i haven't met that brother but been watching his work beautiful beautiful work all these young cats a lot of cats there's a lot of young young cats coming up sisters and brothers so it's great to see christine ng michelle marion mm -hmm. shout out yeah crazy. What are some hopes that you all have for this new generation of DPs that, you know, kind of lessons that were hard learned for you that, I mean, a lot has changed in our world, right? In the last three years and definitely in the last decade. I hope that some of it is lasting, but definitely people are working more than they have been, people of color specifically. And um, the, the list you all have named, like, I feel like when we talked 10 years ago, the list was like, six people and you just named 12, you know, and I'm sure there's 12 more and even 12 more than that, that we don't know. And so are there hopes that you have for this next generation that is, you know, beyond things maybe being less challenging for them? Like what are some things you hope they bring with them? I hope that they realize themselves outside the box of cinematography. You know, My hope for them is that they see themselves as artists and that they don't limit themselves to a title, you know? My hope for them is that they're able to contribute to uh, culture um, without just being in support, you know? So yeah, I, mean, I hope to work with them. Hopefully one day we're not direct, you know? Hopefully I'll be able to work with one of these young brothers and our sisters. But yeah, my hope for them is, is that they're not limited in uh, even as, to, to the title of filmmaker, you know, that they really express themselves outside of any kind of title. Yeah, I mean, I just hope that, you know, clear, yeah, I think first and foremost, like learn from my mistakes, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, I think the, like ditto to everything Sean said, you know, really. Um, I just hope I just hope they create I just hope these young people I hope they create a situation where they um they are um yeah I mean I don't I just, anyway I just repeat what Sean said you know just really create a situation where they are free to express themselves whenever they want however they want you know what I mean and that movies don't shackle them and that that's not um and that they totally demystify movies at for whatever, however they need to. You know what I mean? It's a place that you can go up, show up every now and then and do your thing or maybe ne never. You know what I mean? Like image making is image making. So, you know, we've been, you know, think about us, we've been ghetto, we've been, we've been sort of ghettoized into this like film industry. But, you know, as anything, industry is an industry. So it requires a certain sort of control of capital and um, a certain relationship to um, goods and services that I know is not going to be working for this new generation. So, you know, I would just say get on that road right now to creating an alternative situation for you so that you can always be in practice and stay in your happy place 
because until the world as we know it, especially as it relates to capitalism, capital, goods and services changes, then you're still going to be a service provider. And I know that's not going to work. <laughs> it's not going to work. And um, there's no use even going down that road, trying it and thinking that you're going to get inside and flip it and turn it into something else. Like, instead of wasting any of your precious energy trying to do that, you already got everything you need. I see it in them right now. They don't, they don't need any of them fools. They got everything they need right in front of them. They making films outside of these tentpole cities. They doing it the way they want to do it. They're calling themselves whatever they want to call themselves. They have a certain sort of behavioral ethos that is original to them and that they need to invest all their time and energy into that. And, you know, um, you know, only thing that, yeah, that would just be my dream. That's the dream and the mistakes learned, you know, for, you know, I can speak for myself is that, you know, never lose sight of that, that the fact that you, um, the power to make an image is in you. Nobody, you need permission from anybody really, you know, and that stay focused and be disciplined with that and all the things that you want will come as you want them. And, you know, there, there will be some things that I think hopefully won't be necessary or mandatory for these artists to have to do in order for them to get to a place that they find joy and happiness, you know? Yeah, and that, that, that they create a new situation for the generation after them. That's even another version, you know? That's the dream. So you both have um, worked obviously as DPs. Sean, you mentioned directing. Brad, I know you've directed You've worked on projects that are more, you know, intended for gallery spaces and, you know, sort of art world. Do you seek to like not define your next moves? Will you always be moving in between all of those spaces, or is there a desire to be in one more than the other? I mean, Brad's more expansive in that way than I am. So I mean, that's a he's directing full on right now. So. I think that's a better question for him. Um, well, you know, just put all my cards on the table, but, you know, because my feelings change. I'm a cancer, so my feelings change daily. <laughs> 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 but, um, Lots you know, of I'm, feelings. yeah, I'm just going to be real. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just going to be keep it 100% because I got to, because I got to, have a mandate and something that I have to execute anyway. But like, honestly, right now, like movies and film, and for me, it's just about making money. I ain't, I ain't, they, that's all they can do for me is give me money <laughs> and give me money so I can go make my, the, what I know is what my real calling is, is um, my exploration of image making in the most free liberated space where it can show up on a film screen or it can show up on a wall around the way or it can show up in a gallery. like. Mm. I'm definitely not going to like jump out of the frying pan and hop in the kettle and think I made change. Like for me, I'm not, you know, and, uh, you know, obviously being able to like look over and see Dina or AJ or Sanford or the list goes on and on and on. Emar, all the folks that we all know who were like doing their thing and also also building institutions, not just like showing up to the Simone, Simone, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, those are all lessons learned that are um, for us to see and understand and that we can benefit from. Um, so, I'm, you know, for me, I'm just trying to get, 
you know, maybe at some other point it won't a mild relationship to film industry will change. But um, right now I have to be, I have to like compartmentalize, you know? And the thing for me is that I see that world as a place to secure certain things for my, my family and secure certain things that require a certain level of financial investment that I'm not going to be able to get in any other place in the, in the most expedient sort of way you know they're like the things that like for instance sean and i were just on the job together and it was just like we weren't dialing it in but we were definitely like focused on being together more than we were like trying to make the most incredible because it's just like i'm gonna save all that energy for things that are going to matter for folks that i love the most you know what i mean not just a broad expression to a mass audience like that's never been um, why we make the work that we make and some, you know, really at the essence of it. So, and just being, and honestly, just also just trying to like, um, yeah, just, so I don't know. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm like putting, putting my hat on, you know, like I'm going to jump in the art world. Cause I don't even know what that is. Honestly, you know, I've had like, I've dipped in and out. I've had some experiences, but I truly, I'm not, that's not, that's also not really my world. So I'm happy to find an in-between space. Which honestly, you know, I think when you look at it, you talk to AJ, that's really that's what he considers he, what he's doing. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't, you know, he's so I think I probably have more parallel, similar desires. If there was a way to like visualize a journey, you know, like Sean and I had and Akeen and Kenny and a few of us went down to Arles to see AJ's show. And it was just like <laughs> so inspiring, you know, just really lined up a bunch of questions for us, you know what I mean? Just reflecting on the work and the body of work created over, you know, 40 years or 30, you know, you know, 40 years of thinking, but within 10 years or set eight years of execution, mm-hmm. it just shows you how much we can get done when we are, um, when time or when the creator is ready for us to do it. So it's also leaving room and quiet time to be absorbed that as well and not always be out here trying to like chase a moment or chase an award or chase all this other stuff that's really distractions. Just like sit back and chill for a hot second and let the creator and our ancestors tell us where we gotta go next, you know? I, I hope I hope it's with images. I don't know, it might not be, it might be something else, but you know, I know how to make an image. So I'm hoping that, that like I can be a conduit of something through making images. Um, Brad also I knows how to make. Brad's also good at space, man. Like his brother knows how to design a space. I'm looking forward to to seeing that too, Brad. When you get a chance to combine that, you know that those aesthetic, your aesthetic sensibilities around space design and and images, maybe that's a thing, you know, too. You know, likewise, same. It's the same, but it's the same though. That's the reason why Sean and that's the reason why this it's so great to be you know, have to be in conversation, you know, be here on the same space with Sean, because it's like, yeah, I don't, we are, our, our stories are so, yeah, Sean's the same way. You know, you walk in, it's like the same way. It's the same thing. We have really a lot, really our dreams are so similar. We're always plotting, you know, the thing that we're going to do together. Um, you know, really more than any sort of storyteller, image maker right now, like that, he's, this is really my comrade. This is really my, my um my soulmate in terms of image making this is my brother this is the brother who i've been waiting to meet and stand next to for since i some spirit told me that i was going to be a cinematographer you know that's funny because like you know how you you know how you um 
your younger brother is better than you, I can hoop you up. <laughs> That's the idea. I have a younger brother who I just can't. I just he just hoops me up every cross him yo. <laughs> like I told nah. you, if I was the older. <laughs> nah. It's nice, to, it's nice to have that relationship too. You know, like to also be back because I'm also young in the game. You know, like Brad has many years in the game more than I do. So just to be able to watch a, a young veteran, you know, he's not old in age, but he's veteran-wise, you've been around for a minute, like you're old and veteran age, you know? A lot of these cats that we know as big directors, Brad's been making films as long as they have, you know? You know, in the game for many, many years, I'm newish, relatively, you know, even though I'm older. So that relationship is also there. Like I'm always, you know, I have a deference towards the <clears throat> time put in. That's just what it is. Like someone would have deference for me for the time I put in something else, you know? It's just, you know, when someone's putting time, you respect that. And like, let me see what I can what I can learn from that time, you know? Because it is time, you know, at the end of the day. It's the but, I, but I also think too, like Sean, Sean is kind of like, you know, being Sean Peters right now. But like, you know, I think when I look at the con contemporary current environment for film, black filmmakers, let's say specifically, I think everything Sean was doing before he came into making photographing films, meaning everything he was doing with musical artists, um, you know, from from Martin Luther to Cody Chestnut to all the uh, main countless artists, K-9, all the folks that Sean was working with, you know what I mean? What we know is that what's happening in the music world sets us up for what we're doing in the film world. You know what I mean? Because that is, that is the, that's the like, the Orisha for film is music, music, you know? And so, especially Black expressions of music. And so I, I would just say, you know, with all due respect to Sean, like, and I mean this, like, just with a lot of reverence for him and like everything, the spaces he's been, this moment in film right now with all of this really incredible proliferation of Black expression in film, all that groundwork was laid out during that time when Sean was in the, in the, in the music world, you know what I mean? And it's like, you know, Mary, you and I, you know, us coming up together too, you know what I mean? Like you, you all, you've all, and you've always been that person too. I've looked at like Mary's always in the cut and something innovative, interesting, on every film, music, culture. You know, all those, all those people that I would watch you like. Oh, Mary's there doing that, doing that. Like I just knew, which is crazy. Like you know, I now know that Sean was also in the background. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, and I know how much that has inspired you and in all of the institution building and art making that you engage in. So I, I think, you know, I think what's incredible about our relationship and specifically looking over at Sean is that really for me, I don't see how any of this is even possible without the moment and the time. I don't know how Sean, Sean would define in terms of time temporally, but like none of this would really be happening. Cause you know, film is a temporal expression. It's about timing. That's why, I'm, that's why, you know, we over here, we obsessing about Dilla, Mad Lib, et cetera, et cetera. It's because, or we also too, we found out we shot, like here goes in the moment, we were talking about Dilla, Mad Lib in a car driving through Portugal somewhere. And, you know, Sean was like, you know, Tim's makes all her beats. <laughs> we were like, what? <laughs> like, Tim's make, she makes all her beats. And we were like, nah, come on. And we looked it up, it's like a new, and so just like the next shot, the next shoot, it was all in our head. You know what I mean? It's all in your mind now. It's like, oh, wow much respect and then now you're are playing the music on set and how that makes things so it's like all that contributes you know to how we create images 
So that's like a little micro example of just like four people together and getting a kernel of information, how that inspired what essentially was this thing we did in Portugal, which then became about lovers, which is totally inspired by Tim's lyrics and music, right? Just Akeem imagine. Akeem. 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 Music. Akeem. And music college. Huge music fan. Right. You know, yeah, so it's interesting. That is true. A lot of, we do speak. Saul Williams once has an old poem where he says, you know, all my conversations with men are about music. You know, it's a, it's a line in one of his poems. And that is true. We, we do share music often. We talk about music. We, we're always constantly listening to music and traveling from one space to another. You know, so it's an interesting thing how that is beneath it. I never thought of it in that way, but it is. I think it makes sense. I mean, the early talks I ever witnessed of AJ's, he's always, you know, I think you all know the exact same conversation around how Black people in America in particular have mastered musical form and innovated and challenged and, you know, ripped apart, et cetera. And we haven't gotten there yet in cinema. And so I think it makes sense that you all are thinking about that, all of those experimentations and all of that movement in music, because it's, I'm imagining that you're attempting to do this with cinema as well, right? Like that's sitting at your formation. Um, and so, yeah. And also I think layered with that, you both refusing to, <laughs> like I'm, this isn't the only discipline I think is also a very black African thing to do because music isn't separate from you, right? Like it's all, body is all spirit, it's all the culture, all of these forms. And that includes, you know, food, how you pray, you know, all of this goes together, how you dress. Um, so that makes sense to me. Um, I do want to be conscious of time because- Can I just say one thing? Okay. Because one thing that Brad hated <laughs> yeah. to that's very important. I think it's important for the future and black, white, whoever, these young people who are making and older people who are making um, cinema arts, I think, this sort of move, we sort of need to move away from this sort of militaristic model of, of set life, of, um, you know, how this extractive way of using collaborators, you know, and, and hopefully there's a, hopefully that, you know, with myself, Bradford, and Akeen specifically as collaborators, there could be maybe a model of really getting to know your collaborators as human beings loving them, befriending them, so that when you are creating together, there's a, a quiet um, respect that liberates you as opposed to, uh, you know, exhaust you, you know, or stresses you out, you know what I'm saying? Those moments are always going to, it's a demanding field, no matter what, you're going to be tired, whatever. But if you are in a situation where you are collaborating with loved ones and grand with people who at least there's a mutual respect and understanding, I think that it shows it'll create higher culture, it'll create higher art. So I think that's one of the things I would say to the filmmakers yeah, in general. Planting, planting the seeds, right? I mean, that's yeah. what we're doing in this generation right now and probably the next couple of generations is we're planting the seeds for, you know, the next evolution of humanity, <laughs> you know, yeah. however that yeah. shows up. Yeah. Um, but I just have to say it's so... Like for me, the biggest thing about this conversation is like how you two uplift each other so beautifully. And that's just how relationships really should be, you know, especially friendships. And it's so nice spending the Sunday listening to the three of you just like uplift each other, your community 
people you don't know who you'd like to be in your community, you know, and it just, it feels really good. Like this is like, it just kind of, yeah, it feels, it feels incredible. It's really beautiful uh, sitting in that. And I, uh, that's how I like to spend my time, you know, is, is uplifting the people around me and acknowledging what folks are doing. Um, yeah, so nice. Oh, I wanted to ask you as a closing question to um, you both are in many collectives, uh, named and unnamed. And, um, you know, just like Aaron is saying, this sense of collaboration and uplifting with each other and with your um, artists and your family um, is how you make work. And I think how you find nourishment in making that. Um, I just wanted to ask you, and this is like, you know, some of it I think I know, but I would just love to hear if you want to share. Brad, you mentioned earlier, these younger generation are making work outside of, you know, LA and New York, but you both have made a decision to not live in the cities where film production is largely happening. And I just am curious, you know, in closing sort of, you know, why Baltimore, you know, what does that mean for, um, like what uh, example are you trying to make or what is it that you um, anticipate for your families and for your uh, life as you move forward, you know, sort of artistic practice or not sort of what is, what are you seeing for yourself in this place? I just want to be around people I can learn from that still continue to love and learn from, you know, that's why just be close to them, you know, and it's, I think it's something about the everyday quotidian, just sort of life, you know, the sort of everyday, uh, you know, Brad will, will call me or text me at seven o'clock in the morning, you know, and be like, yeah, I'm coming back from the gym. I'm going to pick you up. Let's go to Good Neighbor, our friend Sean's shop, you know, and, and his children will be in the car. You know, and so we'll go to Good Neighbor and hang out with at our friend's establishment and be with his kids. You know, and I might have a moment to talk to Olu or, you know what I mean, or me and him might have a private moment in Ohio. You know, but just those little things, you know, it's like anything else, it's just time. You know, you get to learn. The only way you can really learn from another person and, and, and learn to love them is to spend time with them. And so Baltimore is just a less confused, chaotic, um, distracted place. You know, if I lived in New York full-time, I wouldn't be able to really put time in. With, with these, if we all lived in New York, there'd be so many distractions. You know, we wouldn't be able to put the time in to do like the small things that, that we do to spend time, you know? You know and so Baltimore is, is not that place. It's not, it's clear, it's, it's quiet. It's a small town. You know, our communities, you know, you know the names, Lisa, you know, all of us tenants. We're all, we can, I can go to Terrence, uh, Terrence and come over with his partner, Athel, and I can cook sober noodles, you know. We can literally just sit and eat sober and laugh. That can be in Brad's basement where he is right now. And we can literally sit on the same couch. You know, he'll make uh, a reishi mushroom and cacao drink. And or Stephanie will have a tincture for me if my stomach is upset. And it's a basic, basic, simple life of sharing life together, you know what I mean? Like that, which is to me everything, you know? So you, in the, biggest, the busier life, you can lose that in your, you know, in how life is, can be very busy, you can lose that, you know? So I think that's the reason I'm there, you know? Not to mention you can own something, 
not a reasonable, you know. You can buy something for less than $10 million. <laughs> you know, so that's when you're on it. Yeah, I mean, that's everything Sean said, really, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, this, I mean, this, I've been here, for, I've been on the East Coast for a long time. You know, I've been to D.C., Maryland, Virginia. I've been to DMV for off and on for 20-something, almost 30 years. So this is kind of all I know, really, honestly. Um, you know, spent time in New York, but that's not, um, yeah, you know, with all the respect and love for that city is how much it, speaking specifically for me you know like would it allow me to uh, would it uncover for me um you know I, new york's great but i just you know just never envisioned i know steph and i never envisioned raising children there so it was time for us to go and when i considered when we considered places to go it wasn't about it had very little to do with work you know what i mean it had more to do with you know this family and being around people that could help support um and we could help support in the journey, you know, whatever it is, you know. You know. Um, then, you know, there are many reasons why we form community, you know what I mean? And for all of those reasons is the reasons uh, why we moved here, you know. LA would have never made sense for us because we just don't have the familiar friendship foundation out there. We have friends, but not like, you know, we have here, you know. Um, and so for real practical reasons, it just didn't make sense to go out to the West Coast, you know. Um, and also, too, you know, just like the buzz is, you know, what Sean said, like being turned on all the time, you know what I mean? Doesn't it? That um, I'm too neurotic for that. And I, I get too much anxiety, anxiety ridden around that kind of vibration. So I just knew better. You know what I mean? There's a lot of stuff I don't I did not know better. And I made a mistake and I went down many roads and paying the price. But like that one, I knew I was like, I'm never going to make it out there. I just done nine years in New York. So I was like, I was ready to get out of there. So there's no way I was going to go to L.A. Um, and so, you know, I think it's, you know, again, again, I'm just with, again, repeating something Sean was saying is, is it, it is, there's a certain, there's something nice again, I'm really about times, it's like temporal landscape of like being with one another and just coming home and taking a nap, you know what I mean? Or coming home and just being, you know, whatever this happening in a house here with three children and just being able to go to like Sean's house and sit for two seconds on the porch or go Mama Lisa's house and see what Ziggy's up to or, you know, whatever. Um, just being able to do that, it just at this point in our life is what it's really all about, honestly. Um, the work is, you know, it's a blessing to be able to be employed and to work, but it's also, you know, it's not something that is gonna like drive me, you know, it's gonna be that thing, like I was saying, what I was trying to say before is like that thing is, um, a resource and an avenue to, it's an avenue to um, resource things that I'm really interested in, which is like leisure and <laughs> spending time with my friends and enjoying um, that time with them and really buying my time. You know, that's kind of what the practice is for me with regards to work. So I'm not sorry. So there's no way that that could like sit, be centered in my life because then I would, that's all I would be, you know, really fueling. So it's work. So being here is really. And, you know, it's challenging, you know, building community is challenging, you know what I mean? But that's also the practice too is, you know, you know, just to throw it out there, you know, what we're doing, you know, we're tempted to do a lobby Bella is, is a, um, that's a experiment. You know, you take 14 black 
creatives and you put them in one room, you try to get them organized around this vision. That's like, even if it didn't work out, it still worked out because you tried it. You know what I mean? And also that, that, that's something that, you know, you're not afforded in the film world. You know, you're not afforded. It's too expensive to go try something and fail and be, and even be happy and learn from the failure. You're not, you're not allowed to do that. So again, I want to invest my time and my energy in something where I can fail and it doesn't penalize me in terms of like making sure that my family is taken care of and you know, all of that. So being in a city city where you gotta like chase that is not that is not gonna work, you know. So yeah, then you know, as you know, just being here in the city is, you know, just, there's a lot going on. And um there's also a lot going on, but also not letting that be while we're here either you know what I mean like it's a backdrop that's a backdrop to something that we are trying to be a part of which is doesn't have anything to do about the price of uh real estate as it may render itself 10 years from now it's like right now it's building hella cheap and I need to <laughs> I got mad kids and I ain't, <laughs> I ain't figure out a way to you know what I mean so that's like those immediate desires too is kind of make makes it necessary yeah. 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 I want to shout out a couple of people that I thought of just now. Um, Cambio, people just jumped into my mind. Eric yeah. Bronco. I want to shout out Eric Bronco, Tommy Maddox. Who else, man? It's a few people that we want to. This thing that popped into my mind just now. Um, all these filmmakers, man, and cats that are image makers. Um, Justin Dixon. Justin. Yeah. What's the, what's the sister? What's the sister that we met? Um, at the talk at the neighbor, Muslim sister. Um, man, I just incredible. Now you yeah. made me feel <laughs> Sean Champion. We want to shout out Sean Champion. Yeah, you know um, Jamal. You know all the Baltimore crew. Yeah, Alexis, Alexis, Alexis. You know all the call the crew, all area crew. <laughs> burr, 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 burr. Lawrence, 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 Bernie, Lawrence, Bernie, all area crew, all area crew, you know. So, you know, we're here, we're here. Hopefully, we'll all be able to get together and share space and make things that we're proud of. You know? And big up, big up, Mary Holmes, Mary Holmes, all area crew. <laughs> Yo, I go, we go, we go. Yo, I go anywhere in the world and everybody's talking about how much they do not like going to these festivals and how much it gives them anxiety and unsettles them. And then they say, but, mm -hmm. then they say, but I always go to Black Star. Like that, that's their, that's healing. You have no idea. I mean, I know, you know, sis, but if you didn't know, I'm trying to tell you like, you know, you've done so much. You're doing so much for the culture, you know, so. And that's irreversible. It's that's like, the irre that, that's the thing that's incredible when you create these institutions, you know, all in all the content you guys are creating now is that that is an irreversible. Sometime, one day there will be a book, a retrospective of blackness and, and black style will be in there, you know. Well, I feel like yeah. thanks to you, Sean, you were the early ad ad adopter. John <laughs> <Well, laughs> came the first year and was like, yo. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> thank you. I want to say I want to say there's a the most cantankerous, loving, 
settled, unsettled, revolutionary, no nonsense filmmaker, Mr. Haile Garima, mm-hmm. does not go to no festival. He does not <laughs> care. About, he does not care about none of these clowns. But if I bring Maori's name up, that brother straightens his back, and he and Sharika <laughs> like recent conversation trying to figure out how to build something here, trying to do something here. And Sharik was like, we just need to call Maori. And I was like, that's it. <laughs> Maori has won. <laughs> so big up. Thank you, sis. Indebted for that. Yeah, nah, thank you. Thank you. Oh, by the way, we met, speaking of Holly Grimmer, we met Billy Woodbury in, yeah. uh, in, uh, in um, Lisbon. We had a chance, myself, Brian Keen had a chance to sit with him and his partner and his wife and um, have lunch with Billy Woodbury. You know, from the other rebellion, that was a, a whole blessing too. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Nuno, K. Verdian Cat, K. Verdian filmmaker, who's living in in uh, Lisbon. We just met him. You know, who's also a Dilla scholar. He's a, he, he a, he a Dilla Mad Lib scholar. Shout out to that. Shout out to that cat. All area crew. Thank you um, so much. Uh, Thanks, Aaron. Thank you, Aaron, for yeah, even, uh, bringing it together. Appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate you all. Hi. Yeah, have a beautiful rest of your day. Likewise. Talk soon. Bye. 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 Love y'all. Thank you.